0: Good morning, praise God. Uh, we are coming to you this morning from Lawrenceville, Georgia, WorkFan, Fan uh, World of Church for All Nations. We want to welcome all of you from far and near, and especially those of you that's joining us via live streaming. Our vision here always is to build strong families and to serve global communities. And so this morning, we want to thank you for joining us. And I really do pray that something that God is going to say today and the next weeks will tremendously change the course of your life. Now, before I get into the message, first of all, I want to again wish all of you a very happy uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, We thank God because we know that Thanksgiving is the attitude of the kingdom. Uh, As kingdom people, we're always thankful. The Bible says, in all things we give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. Just not one day of the week or one month of the year, every single day we are thankful because God has been good to us. And then secondly, I want to thank all of you that made our Jesus with Skin Outreach a resounding success. (laughs) Yes. We served our community. We were a blessing to them. In fact, last week as we were delivering the food boxes, the people, the residents could not wait for us to get the box out of the van. They were waiting for us and picking up the boxes from our hands as we got there. So the need is real and I thank God for every one of you volunteers who came to serve and for those of you who gave towards that outreach. God will replenish your pocket and continue to bless you in Jesus' name. Now, for today and the next few weeks, please don't miss any of this series of teachings. This is a marathon, and therefore, I cannot address everything that needs to be said in one message. It's going to take a while. We are talking about financial freedom. Usually, a lot of times when the subject of finance is taught, it's taught from a particular aspect only about sowing and reaping or giving and this and that, and all of those things are true. But if you don't get the total scoop, the full, complete mindset of God in finance, You have missing spots that may haunt you for which you may not attain financial freedom. So this morning, in the first installment, I want to use the subject First Things First. I know I gave Revelation a different title a while back, but this is late breaking news. (laughs) First Things First. Now, these teachings, have the potential of changing your financial posture for good if it's heated. And I keep on saying that, if it's heated. Now, I had the privilege years ago uh, to run what I call the missions training school here in Atlanta, Georgia, for over 10 years. Missions training school. This was a training school that we run for six weeks of class in-class instruction, for six weeks. At the end of which, all the participants and all the students must take an outreach to complete their training. And those outreaches were not to Clarkston, Georgia, or to uh, Savannah, Georgia, no. We went to Moscow, we went to Tunisia, we went to uh, Cameroon, we went to, uh, oh my gosh, Brazil, on and on and on. I mean, so, so many different places over a 10-year period. Now, why am I sharing this? I remember each one of those students, when they came into class and we told them they will not graduate unless they take the outreach. And each one of these outreaches was minimally anywhere from $1,500 to $2,000 a piece. Okay? And so so for some of them, say, whoa, $2,000 on top of the fact that they had to take 10 days off from their job. Are, Are you following me? 10 days off from their job and $2,000 bill on an outreach to complete their missions training. Now, in the 10 years that we ran that program, there was not one student who failed to get the time off or the money needed to take the outreach. Not one single person failed to not get the money. It was a 100% resounding success. How did that happen? <laughs> it happened because in that classroom, in those six weeks of class instruction, those students received spiritual revelation concerning finance that put them in a position to understand God's plan and for them to trust God and for every one of those students it never failed. It never failed. I mean, I, I was thinking about that this last year. I said, my God, this is amazing. How did we do that? But we did that because God did it. Right. Amen. So I'm sharing that with you now at the beginning of this series to help you understand that with the same thing those students received years ago that positioned them to have financial success in the goals they set out to meet, that same God is here to meet us now. That same God is here to open our eyes of understanding, to give us revelation knowledge concerning the issues of finance for the body of Christ. And my prayer is money will become a tool you use in life instead of a master that rules you. That money will become a tool that you use as a servant instead of a master that rules you. Now, there are important steps to financial freedom and prosperity that you and I must understand. And that's what I'm saying. I'm taking it very slowly, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. Two important steps we need to get off the bat. The two most important steps towards prosperity are that me and you should realize, number one, That God is the source. Now, I said that, and you say, yeah, 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 I heard that. Yeah, I know that. There are some things that you and I know, but we don't even think about it because we don't have to do anything to to, to do it. For instance, take for instance, everybody knows you need to inhale and exhale to live. We all know we need to breathe. I do not know anybody that wakes up in the morning and says, God, oh, I hope I'm going to breathe this day. I hope I'm going to inhale. I'm, it, it, we just take it for granted. You only know that there's a problem if, in fact, you are not able to inhale or exhale. Then the alarm bells go off. Similarly, when I just said to you that God is the source, all of us, anywhere you are in the world, say, oh, yeah, oh, I understand that. But truly, in the way we live our lives, do we really reckon and acknowledge that God is the source? And these are the adjustments I'm hoping that God will help us to make in order for me and you to be on our financial road to financial freedom. God is the source. That's number one. Psalms 24, verse 1 says, the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So you know right off the bat. Whether you live in Afghanistan, in Australia, in Tanzania, in the United States, whether you live in Mexico, whether you live in Scotland, no matter where you live, the earth is the Lord. As long as you live on this planet, God owns the earth. The world and they that dwell therein, including you and I. You need to settle that. Secondly, still part of God being the source. Psalms 50 in verse 10, God tells us He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Hallelujah! He said, "Every beast in the forest is mine." That includes the Texas ranch man, and the Fulani herds man, and the shetlands of Scotland. All of the forests, all of the beasts in the forest. God said, "They are all His." He allows you to own them in Dallas. He allows you to own them in Fulalina. He allows you to own them in, uh, in Shetland But you must understand, he says, all the beasts in the forest, they are mine. And in this one scripture, I want us to put on, on, the, on the overhead. Haggai ch- chapter 2, verse 8 in the Good News Bible, if you can find that for me. Haggai 2, 8, Good News. So we know that the earth is the Lord's. We know that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and every beast of the forest this is. His. Thank you. That's good. Look at Haggai 2.8. Because some of you are saying, well, I, I can't deal with cattles. I can't deal with beasts of the forest. How about silver and gold? Can you deal with silver and gold? All the silver and gold of the world is mine. New York Stock Exchange. Did you hear this? London Stock Exchange. Did you see that? Australian Stock Exchange, Tokyo Stock, Stock Exchange. God wants you to know, no matter what the exchange is, all the silver and all the gold of the world is mine. Come on, y'all, he's the source. He owns it all, hallelujah. And then James 1:17, the Bible says, every good gift and every perfect gift, they come from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there's no verableness, neither shadow of turning. So, adequately, we've we've addressed the fact that God is the source. He is the source. Now, I said there are two important things we need to understand. Number one is that God is the source. Number two. Number two is that you and I must now develop the mindset of a steward. If God owns it all, what does that make you and I? At best, we are managers. At best, now hear what I'm saying to you this morning. We are taking this little by little, step by step, because I am telling you this will change your life. Money will never rule you any longer. Instead, you will rule over money, if you take heed to what I'm saying to you this morning. Now, the American Heritage Dictionary defines steward as a person who manages another's property, finances, or other affairs. So as Christians, we need to recognize that the money we have is not really ours. It's a gift from God. Without the blessings of God on our lives, we wouldn't even have the ability to prosper. He gave us talents and abilities, and every good thing we have is a blessing from him. So God has entrusted to us finances, and it is important for me and you to develop the mindset of being a steward over God's money, not ours. Now, let me go to John chapter 16, verse 15. Let me show you how this stewardship, let me show you how God set up this stewardship thing. John 16, verse 15. Thank you. Look at what Jesus said. All things that the Father has are mine. All things. Now, this is Jesus speaking we've already identified and established that God owns everything. So Jesus steps in the sin and says, all things that the Father has, are mine. Okay? Therefore, Jesus in his earthly ministry, when there was a need, there was no need for panic. (laughs) When they needed to feed the multitudes, Because he recognized that his father had everything. There was no need for panic attack. He just simply called on demand for something that he knew was already available. He multiplied the loaves. He multiplied the fishes. When it was time to pay taxes, he just simply said, go catch a fish and get the money out of it. Jesus did not own a Chase bank account. He didn't need to have one. Why? His father owned everything. And as a result of that, whatever he needed on demand, he could call for it. Okay. So, all that my father has is mine, he says. Now, go to John 16, verse 14. Look at what it says. This is Jesus still speaking. Talking about the Holy Spirit. You glorify me, for I will take what is mine and declare to you. Now, so look at, the, look, at the, look at the delegated stewardship here. So God the Father has everything. Jesus tells us what the Father has is his, delegated stewardship. Now Jesus tells you and I that whatever he has, the Holy Spirit will give it to us. So we see a delegation of stewardship. In other words, you and I should never have to fret or be in panic over money. Never, ever. If we understand, number one, that God is the source, and number two, if we have the mindset of being a steward. Now, so uh, when Faith was still living in the house, from time to time, he would come into my bedroom, Pick up my cufflinks, wear it, go somewhere, wear my tie, go somewhere, go do something with it. And whenever I was done with what I was doing, you bring the cufflinks back. As long as you brought the cufflinks back, there was no problem. It's a steward, his father owns it, he uses it. But if he takes the cufflinks, and when I need to use it, it's no longer there. And I say to him, I "Say, first, what happened to my confidence? Oh, I gave it to my friend. Oh, I lost it. What happens if that's to that stewardship? Immediately, we have to have a, a conversation. That's exactly what happens with you and I. Everything the Father owns, Jesus is made available to us. But as good stewards of the kingdom of God," We cannot just take his goods and use it any way we want and expect for him to continue to, to give us a pass mark. It doesn't work like that. A steward is responsible to the person who owns the goods. And we're going to get to that much later in, the, in, this, in, this, in this lessons. But I just want you to see for this morning, number one, that God is the source, and number two, that you and I must have a mindset of a steward. Now, let's go to 1 Chronicles chapter 29, beginning from verse 10. So we see how God delegates stewardship. The Father through the Son, the Son through the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit to us. First Chronicles 29, verse 10. Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. (laughs) For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. What does that exclude? Nothing. Nothing. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. And you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. And you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, you are God. We thank you and praise your glorious name. But who I am? Who are my people? That we should be able to offer so willingly as this. For all things come from you yeah. and your own, rather, no, no, and of your own we have given you. Yeah. Are you hearing what everybody say? Yeah. This guy is giving 16 billion dollars in an offering into this money. $16 billion. And here I say to God, <laughs> we only give back to you what belongs to you. Yeah. I wish many of us who gives in an offering will have that same attitude. Because for many of us, we think we are doing God a favor. Not recognizing it belongs to him to begin with. Verse 15, for we are aliens and pilgrims before you. As were all our fathers, our days on earth as a shadow and without hope. Ah! If God is not on your side, where will you be? Yeah. If God is not on our side, where will you all be? Oh Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand. Yeah. And is all your own. That's enough. So David is helping me and you to understand we are not giving what is ours at all. It came from God in the first place and it's a privilege to give back to God what belongs to him. Therefore, one of the first things we need to learn in this series is to be wise. And as wise men and women, to begin to make eternal investments. Now, why did David give $16 billion in an offering, in one offering? Why? He did so in order for them to build a physical temple, the Temple of Solomon. He gave $16 billion in one offering and, of course, all his leadership and the rest of the congregation followed his lead and they gave extravagantly. But they all did so. Why? Because they wanted to build God a temple. Why do you and I give today? We're not building a physical temple. First Peter 2.5 says that you and I are being built together as a spiritual house to offer spiritual sacrifices unto God, which is acceptable to Jesus Christ. As believers, we give because like David of old, we want to partner together with God to build his house. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he's not talking about physical building. He's talking about a building of believers. Ah, let me move on here. Now, let me just say this very quickly. Seeing God as source does not mean you do, you do nothing. I think I need to throw that in either way. I don't want anyone to listen to me and say, well, since God is my source, I'll go quit my job and just, uh, stay, 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 just stay at home and do nothing. Well, <laughs> you'll you be begging for stimulus program from, the, from Washington after a while. <laughs> if, that's your, if that's your disposition. You're supposed to work, but you need to recognize, recognize that even though you work, it is God who gives the increase. A farmer has to prepare the soil and plant seeds in order to get a crop, but God created the natural laws that govern sowing and reaping. The foundation of prosperity is seeing yourself as a steward. Let me just give us one last illustration here, and we're going to wrap this up for today. Let's go to Genesis chapter 15, verse 2, in the Amplified Classic. Genesis 15, 2, Amplified Classic. Ah, thank you, Jesus. First things first. Genesis 15, 2. Thank you. And Abraham said, Lord God, what can you give me since I'm going on from this world, childless, and he who shall be the owner and heir of my house is this Steward, Eliezer of Damascus. So we see that Abraham had a steward in Genesis 15, verse 2. His name is given to us as Eliezer. Now, let's go to Genesis 24, verses 1 and 2. Genesis 24, verses 1 and 2 in the New King James. Genesis 24, verses 1 and 2. Thank you. Now, Genesis 24, yeah. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Who blessed Abraham? The Lord. Not because he did anything so incredible, but because the Lord blessed him. Okay? So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, that is Eliezer. I just showed that to you in Genesis uh, 15 verse 2. Now look at this. Look at the next phrase. Who ruled over all that he had. This steward ruled over everything that Abraham had. Please put your hand under my tie. So you see that this steward had a lot of latitude. That's what I'm making here. He ruled over everything Abraham had. Now go to verse 10. Verse 10. Genesis 24 verse 10. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed for all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. This is the point. This is the story of Eleazar seeking a bride for Abraham's son Isaac. When Eleazar the steward received the commission to go find a bride for Isaac, he understood the mission and also under, understood the resources that would be needed to complete that mission. As a steward who was under a master, we are told that he, he ruled over everything the master had. So we see here in verse 10, this steward took an independent decision to take 10 of his master's camels to go out to seek the bride for his master's son. What does this tell us about Eliyazah? What does this tell us about Benazah's steward? Not only did he have the master's possessions, is committed to the master's mission. Yeah. He's committed to the master's mission. And by the time you finish reading all of Genesis 24, you will see that he secured the bride for his master's son. He did not fail us on his mission. In other words, he took the master's possessions to accomplish the master's mission. And so you and I, as stewards today, must emulate Eliezer's example. God has given us his goods, talents, abilities, jobs, Giftings, money, influence, on and on and on and on. He has equipped you and I with tremendous resources. Like Eleazar, we must recognize that these resources are not just to make us look good, but rather they were given to us by God because He has a master plan. And that master plan in- involves you and I seeking. A bride for his son. Jesus as we speak right now is seeking his bride. You and I as believers are part of that brighter company but there are a lot many more people out there that's yet to come into the fold. It is as we faithfully discharge these resources he has given us that we can accomplish that task. Ah, there's much more to say, but I I just want to keep it like that for today. I want to challenge you in this first installment to make up your mind that you're going to ask God to help you to acknowledge him as your source. What does that mean? What does it mean in acknowledging that God is my source? I'm glad you asked. That means every day you wake up, you say to God, I'm yours, Lord. Everything I am, everything I have, I'm yours. How can I participate in your kingdom today? Acknowledge him. Acknowledge the fact that you know and you recognize He's the source. I'm yours, Lord. Everything I am, everything I have. How can I engage with you to participate in your mission for today? Every day. And then, secondly, don't just look at your bank account and say, oh man, God has blessed me. My portfolio is growing. And that may be a fact, it may be growing. And I thank God for that. And in fact, as you continue to live at what we're teaching, it will continue to grow. But the idea here is, you recognize and say, God, in what ways is this portfolio going to enhance what you are doing in the earth? Because I'm your steward. Is there anyone you want me to bless? Is there anything you want me to do in your behalf to glorify you, to honor you, to bring praise unto your name. We have to live on a daily basis with that mindset that number one, God is the source, and number two, we are stewards. And I guarantee you, you start living like that from today, you're going to start seeing a difference in your life because then God can trust you with more resources because he knows that you'll be like Eliza. You'll be faithful to bring a bride home for him. Amen. And so, Father, I want to just thank you for this opening installment in this series of messages. We thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that will help us to not only hear your word, but to take heed to your word. Help us to come to recognize that, in fact, the earth is the Lord's. And the world and they that dwell therein. Help us to recognize that yes you own the cattle on a thousand hills and every beast of the forest they are yours and that all the silver and all the gold they are all yours thank you just as jesus was able to uh, discharge what you own in his time and now has given us some authority to the holy spirit to do the same for us that we like Jesus in his athlete ministry, we'll be able to stand and meet needs on demand because of the power of the Holy Spirit that's at work in us. Thank <laughs> you, Father God. We honor and we bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.